Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right. Welcome to the Around the Quarantine Fantasy Football Show. First things first, that was so weird because normally when I do that, our mics are automatically muted. Joe's yeah. wasn't for some reason. Yeah, I heard, it, I, I heard I a little bit. Definitely muted myself. I didn't know that you could even do that, though. Like, I thought it had to be muted while that intro was playing, and then it unmuted automatically because that's what it normally does. But that, I heard All right, it. anyways. I'm so 3008, <laughs> you're so 2000 and late. I've got that boom, boom. Power. Unreal. We're about mute. to end the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Around the 412 Fantasy Football Show. Week 13 already. The season is flying by. We are coming live to you on YouTube, on Twitch, and whatever Twitter is. Don't know what it is, but I guess oh we're live my God. on there You guys as well. are fake gone from Twitter. Don't even uh, me <laughs> I am your host, Smitty. With me, as always, Drew and Joe. We've kind of already soft introed, but what's going on, boys? How much? We're alive and kicking. Though I'm like holding it down for all of the Twitter content for the three of us, and it's just, you know, it's a lot to Thank take you. on. Thank you. I can only yeah, be what's so funny, funny. Is, I feel like people, because of me stepping away from my personal account, and I haven't looked at the TL at all, I promise, even when I'm on around the 412, I feel like people probably think that's Tyler tweeting from around the 412. I no. think maybe, maybe since we started no. the account, he's had 10 tweets. <laughs> so your, your it, tweet, you, you have like a tone that's just so obvious when it's you. Like yeah. everybody knows. Like it'll just be the random, oh my God, OMG. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, I cannot believe we're at this point in the season already. By now, you probably know what your team's going to do. There's obviously some people that are just like a game away from getting into a playoff spot, but this really is the playoff push. Uh, top of your league, bottom of your league. Unfortunately, it looks like I'm only going to make the playoffs in maybe two of my four leagues. Um, but it's really time for that crucial playoff push with just a couple weeks left. So let's dive into it. Of course, starting as always with the injuries until we get some comments and questions going. Uh, we will start with Darnell Mooney, the Bears wide receiver, done for the season. Yeah, he fractured his ankle. Um, like you said, he's done for the year. He should make a full recovery for next year. So if you have him in Dynasty, just throw him on your IR slot, wait till next year, redraft, drop him. Yeah, I'll be honest, because at least Drew and I, I don't know where Joe stands on like the long-term outlook of the Bears offense, but Drew and I like it like going forward for next season. This might be a positive if you're looking to like trade him 
just because you're not going to see his numbers continue to be watered down the rest of the season. What is a bad Bears offense? Just like a weird way to maybe look at it. Um, but does this do anything for you for the rest of the season for like a, a Chase Claypool, a Byron Pringle, somebody else in that offense? I know what the answer is going to be, but got to ask Cole, it. Cole Komet. Okay. What, what about Equinemius St. Brown? Mm, him too? Yeah, any, any pass catcher that's there. We'll I see if Fields plays first. That's the step one. If he doesn't play, I'm not even just talking about next week, though. Or do you do you, do you mean you don't know that like Fields even? What are they projected the second or third pick? If they keep losing, yeah. what's the point at that point? They know that he's the guy at this. To me, I think they know he's the guy. So let him rest up. I don't think that they'll give up. I think that if he's healthy enough, he's going to want to play. It's like yes, it's a waste of a season, but you're also trying to develop Fields, so it's like. I think you don't yeah. force him back if he's hurt, but you want to give him that time to continue to develop and get that chemistry. To me, it's like a make it or break it for somebody like Chase Claypool, where it's like if you still yeah. can't figure it out when there's no one else on the team to catch the ball, like are you realistically ever going to do anything? Does um, he have any problems with the playbook, you think? I don't know. He- I feel like any wide receiver, I mean, not not just wide receivers, but especially for like wide receivers, that switches teams like that in season, that's tough. I mean, I think very few guys end up picking up things. Like, you saw Emmanuel Sanders when he got traded. I, he was one of the few guys that I feel like immediately did impact a football team in the way that he did when he went to the Niners, helped them get to a Super Bowl. But I don't think it's normally that way. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely weird. Um, we'll see, though. He had a contested catch against Sauce Gardner last week. So He did. He had. Yeah. You know what's fun? What I love, by the way, I just saw a Pittsburgh Clothing Company quoted our uh, our live stream on on Twitter, and they said Joe Frick having a great shirt day. It's funny how they always seem they to always when know somebody's wearing, when they somebody's wearing know. a Pittsburgh Clothing Company thing on here. I'm gonna wear a hat on here next week and just see what they say if they notice. There you no, go. No. There's the, there's a hat. They'll <laughs> say that. Hi, Joe. What's funny is uh, I just mentioned the 49ers because of Emmanuel Sanders. That's where we can go next. Elijah Mitchell. This is bad. I mean, again. He's gonna miss multiple weeks. It's Actually, the maybe the rest of the season, right? Yeah, same injury. He's he's on IR. He's gonna be done for the year. Um, obviously, they're gonna give CMC a little more, but this comes back to Debo Samuel for me. I think that he's gonna get a shot in that backfield again to give CMC some spelling. So his uh, fantasy outlook is looking better for me. How about you guys? Is there a chance that uh, not saying the same amount, obviously, but like? that Shanahan likes what he's seen so much from not using Debo in that way when he had Mitchell that we see like a Jordan Mason kind of take over a role? That's kind of what I feel like. I mean, if in my opinion, bringing on CMC was great in terms of having like a natural running back in that position, but it, it's almost like having like two Swiss Army knives and like what are you ever going to do with two Swiss Army knives? And I think like Debo has struggled because of that. Like he really hasn't done a lot even before – at the beginning of the season before they had McCaffrey, like he hasn't really lived up to the draft hype. One um, wide receiver 20 finish this year. Right, exactly. Um, so I don't know if they're going to slide him back into that role. I'm sure that they can. Um, but there's been a lot of like, I don't know if coach speak is the right word, but there's been a lot of talk about how they're fine with Jordan Mason. They can plug really anybody in there. I think ultimately CMC is then just going to play more. I don't think that they're going to put Debo back there unless they absolutely have to. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm not really feeling the Debo train too heavy. CMC, by the way, dealing with an injury I saw today. He didn't uh, practice or was limited something. Just and, being uh, in solidarity with the 49ers backfield. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was it, yeah. 
He's like, if if Elijah Mitchell's hurt again, I'm not practicing. Facts. <laughs> uh, but uh, Drew, you looking to see what that injury is real quick because I know it came out later. Like so. The thing with Debo, though, too, I was looking at that. He's still been getting carries even with Mitchell and CMC back there. He's been getting three to four carries. So I, I still see him getting like six to eight moving forward. They might sprinkle in those other guys, but they don't want to give CMC a workload. And then I'm searching McCaffrey. I know it was his knee. I'm not sure what the extent of it is or, or anything like that. but It just says knee irritation, so that tells us nothing. Yeah. He could have a rash for all we know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, all right, moving on, uh, another running back, Travis Etienne, midfoot issue here, which obviously with his his history, just going back to last season, not necessarily something you want to hear, but also it came out that like he was cleared to return to the game and they were just being cautious with it. So where are yeah. we at with this? Yeah, so midfoot. Um, I don't know if it was the same foot that he had in the past. I think that it is. He is all good, though. Uh, Doug Peterson just wanted to be safe. Yeah, he said so, too. He said he was ready to go for this week, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. It was definitely frustrating. It would have been curious how they used him at the end of the game because, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was cooking. Um, yeah. Sure, it would have been nice, but uh, Hasty ended up, like, having a great game because of it, so good for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Do we I, – I, obviously, like, we don't really are, – aren't going to talk about that all. Is that somebody to keep an eye on, though, Jamichael Hasty? I mean, I think if ETN's not going to be there, you don't have J- uh, James Robinson anymore. He's definitely somebody that's like a, a flyer knowing that that injury history is there. I think you have a lot of running backs right now that are kind of banged up and you're kind of holding on different lottery tickets. I think that he's lower on that priority list for me. I think I would prioritize someone like a Jalen Warren right now, knowing that Najee's a little bit banged up um, or like hearing the news about like CMC. Uh, maybe you want to pick up um, somebody from like this the – 49ers backfield, um, but I, I don't think it's a bad stash. Or if you have ETN and not a lot of bench depth, it's a good insurance policy. Joe, you're getting so good at doing this podcast that you just mentioned Najee. That's the next one on the list with an abdomen injury. He left Monday Night Football with. Uh, Drew, what do we think about this? I know. Well, Jalen Warren, the other side of that, sounds like he's all good to go. He didn't show yeah. up on the injury uh, report here the first day of practice. He told reporters he's going to be good to go. So Yeah, yeah. so I don't know what's going on with Najee. It- possibly a hernia i know you guys said you don't think it's a hernia maybe it's an oblique um he's day-to-day though we gotta see how he how it goes throughout the week if he's gonna practice or not but they said yeah, I mean, he a major injury though so we can at least say right well that's what i was that's what i was gonna say is you, you talked about avoiding a major injury but that to me doesn't necessarily scream like okay he's definitely playing this week against atlanta it still could mean he's gonna miss a week right yeah he's day-to-day at this point we have no idea until we get closer you got to watch the injury reports for him. I think Zach's frozen in time or my internet's yeah. going crazy. Yeah, he this was hanging out during that part there. And... Oh, okay. There he goes. I think he's back. So, I can see. Yeah, I can see I have one bar on my thing up here. Ghetto. Get so, some more bars. But let me pull this up and we can. you guys can discuss while I'm trying to get my connection back here. Cool. Um, So for me, I don't really have a lot of faith in the Green Bay defense, um, even if Fields is out. Um, Just looking at the Green Bay defense, they've been pretty porous in the last three weeks um, all across the board. Really bad to running backs, um, a little less to quarterbacks and receivers. Um, Seahawks have been um, much better defensively, which is a surprise. I thought they were going to be pretty tough. Um, They're also pretty tough against the ground, but see – 
the Rams have a lot less options. I think they're going to be rolling with Kyron Williams. He's been getting an increase in volume every week. Um, so I like the Seahawks this week out of those two choices. A um, couple of other streamers that you might be able to get. Um, I think you could take a look maybe like at the Commanders. Um, they've kind of like had a return to form last couple of weeks. Chase Young looking like to be on the men here soon. Um, but, yeah, I, I would take uh, the Seahawks with me. Agreed. Yeah, I'm also starting the Commanders every week. Last few weeks, I think I started like four straight weeks. Mm. I would start any defense against the Rams. I don't care who it is. I don't see them scoring at all. Yeah, we talked about the injuries there. Well, yeah, it's like Stafford um, out, Cups out, now Robinson's done for the year. Like, who do they even have left at this point? Yeah, no clue. Um, Drew, the last one you got on here, Aaron Rodgers. He has a thumb injury all year, but now he added a rib injury. He uh, talked during the game that he was in so much pain that he thought he punctured his lung, which we obviously know from other quarterbacks that have had this, Tony Romo, et cetera. It's a very, very painful injury. Um, he says he thinks he's going to play this week, but it's going to hinder him. It could hinder, obviously, the wide receivers he's thrown to because he's not going to be his true self. Does even. that mean he's going to get to play high? I feel like I'm stocks up on Aaron Rodgers for me. <laughs> Ayahuasca. That's right. I don't know. Ayahuasca is he's like seeing like colors and stuff, so it's not it's really the same for me. He's gonna get confused out there. Yeah, I hear that. Uh Trey with the follow up. Um if Stafford's playing, do you still lean Seattle defense? Um what's that? He's not gonna play. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna play. They've already listed him as doubtful. Um if he were to come back, I probably would pivot to Green Bay just because of the backup matchup. I always like doing that um but the rams offensive line has been such a problem i find it highly like highly unlikely that they're going to bring stafford in at this point um but we've talked uh, openly about shutting him down so that's that's multi multi weeks like yeah but to answer your question yeah if stafford does by some miracle end up playing then i would pivot don't see it happening though i think you guys have to carry the show because of my connection here don't know what's going on Stop. Am I cutting in and out for you guys right now? It's hit or miss. Oh, yeah. I mean, you haven't been. Um, there was just really that one spot for me. But, um, yeah, no problem. Happy to help, Trey. Thanks for stopping by the show, too. Um, good to see some new faces, for sure. Best of luck this week. All right. Uh, that's it for injury. So, uh, week 12 headlines that aren't injury-related. All right, cool. Let's get into it. Um, so, last week, uh, Josh Jacobs had himself one of the best performances of the year. Second, really, to... Uh, Joe Richard Mixon, um, but Josh Jacobs, he had 33 carries, 229 yards, two touchdowns, six receptions, 74 yards, and he had an 86-yard house call to end the game. Um, so good to see. It's crazy. He was, what, like a seventh, eighth-round pick like in drafts, and he's leading the league in rushing right now. So um, quite the turnaround from the guy that was playing fourth quarter in the Hall of Fame game. Um, all the way to where we're at. So yeah, that, that was well, a, that's why he was taken in the seventh and eighth round of fantasy. Right. Draft. Yeah. Yeah. So big turnaround for him. It's good to see. He's really the only life that that offense has. Um, Devontae Adams is kind of doing his thing, but otherwise, there's just nowhere to go with it. Um, Dolphins continue to dominate. So had a thirty to nothing lead at halftime. Backups were into the game. Kind of problematic when you're trying to do like the whole fantasy thing and like their whole team just kind of sits down for the fourth quarter. Um, but um, I think their schedule is going to pick up a little bit. 
happen to be in the, one of the tougher divisions in football. A lot of good football to be played for them. Um, so we'll see where that takes us. But the defense coming to form, I think it's going to be really important, um, especially if you look at how like a lot of the top teams um, right now, the Vikings, the Bills, a lot of these teams are struggling on the defensive side of the football. Miami can continue to build on that defensive momentum, could do good three things for them, not necessarily from a fantasy perspective, um, but uh, just moving forward. Uh, and last but not least, Brian Robinson. People kind of been out on him for a couple of games and hasn't done a lot. Had his best game of his career. Um, he tied or broke his career highs in rushing yards, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns by um, getting into the third quarter. So good performance for him. Um, and we'll see what happens with him moving forward. Um, still kind of bearish on that offense altogether. Um, I don't think anybody had him ranked in their top 20 this week out of the three of us. But um, good for him. Got that dog in him and uh, had a big day to show for it. And he has a great hat. Great hat. He's the big hat guy, right? Big hat. Yeah. No cap. Amazing. All right. So transitioning uh, to the fan favorite segment of the show, this is fantasy football Tinder. Uh, so essentially each week we have three profiles that we check out on our Tinder app, conveniently located to the left of my face. If we're feeling the profile, we like what we have to see. We're about that action boss. We're going to swipe right on these guys. Um, and we're going to roll with them going into the week. If we're not really feeling it, we've got some questions we want to sleep on and think about it a bit more. Tender ain't got no time for thinking about stuff, so we're going to hot take it, say no, move on. So our first profile for the day is going to be the one, the only, the best third-string quarterback in the league, Mr. Mike White. So Mike White comes out of the woodwork last year, doesn't do a uh, Really, no one knows anything about him in his debut, 20 uh, passes, has 202 yards. Um, and then in his first start, 37 for 45, threw for 405 and three touchdowns. Gets hurt, misses a lot of the rest of the season, kind of just like vanishes off of the face of the earth. Comes back, he's the third quarterback for most of the season for the Jets. Um, we saw some Flacco time. Um, Zach Wilson's been struggling, and they decide, all right, we're going to go back to Mike White. 22 for 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns in his debut. Has his wide receivers talking about how they love and are talking to the ball as they're going into the end zone. Really sparked the New York Jets offense, which has been stagnant as of late. So um, how are we feeling about Mike White? I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't see this coming, to be honest with you. <clears throat> I'm looking at his schedule, too. He had the Bears last week. I feel like we should be starting as many players as we can against the Bears each week. He has Minnesota this week, another solid matchup, I would say. Buffalo in week 14, obviously stay away. But then he has Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. He has a very interesting playoff schedule. And I feel like people have been sleeping on him. I know I talked to you about I felt like everybody was sleeping on him. He's been good whenever he's been healthy. Like he had two really good games last year. Then he got hurt, fell off. No one heard from him again. Now he's healthy again. Another good game. So I'm watching this very attentively. I'm not obviously fully there yet, but I think that there could be something here with Mike White. Would you would you did you use a waiver on Mike White yesterday? I owned him already before. Non non two QB dynasty league, like redraft. Would you have picked him up on waivers yesterday? No. Did you pick him up on waivers? Would you Hold him as a second QB on your bench right now. Yes. Okay. We're going to give you the yes. You're, you're a wait and see. I don't want to mm -hmm. make plans, but like 
he has a solid he has a solid playoff schedule if you can if you get there yeah all right zach yeah i kind of feel like i'm in the same boat so i will say yes but it's not like yeah this guy can be your starting quarterback for in a, in a redraft league and, and carry you through the playoffs it's but he answered the questions that i brought up about like is he going to bring relevancy from a fantasy standpoint, back to these receivers that they've been missing. Uh, and I'm actually going to talk about that, a little bit of a preview for my only fantasy. Uh, but so I, I really like what I've seen from this offense when it's led by anybody not named Zach Wilson. Um, so I don't know how you pivot away from this right now. I like Mike White, and I would have him on my roster as a second quarterback. Cool. You picking Black Marios? No. <laughs> That's where All I draw right. the line. It's funny how this is going down. So if we look at the rankings, you guys did not rank Mike White. I have Mike White listed as QB 10 for me this week, Um, but I'm actually going to swipe left. um, Unbelievable. On the blank (laughs) profile as well as the, uh, the Mike White profile as well. Um, It's a great story, but what I haven't been able to wrap my head around is after seeing what they saw last year, why was he still the QB three going into this season? Like, why would you, not want to play him sooner, especially when Zach Wilson went down early. Like, is that just a matter of like, because of what? Was it money? How much is Flacco making? Can't be making that much, honestly. Yeah, but Um, making zero. League minimum. But I I just don't see it. It's a great story. Three Um, and a half. Yeah, Flacco's not making nothing. Um, But it's like, I guess you could make the argument that if you're trying to win football games, Mike White's a nice story. We don't want to figure out if he's good or not. Um, especially when if they would have started off slow, then probably not in the spot that they are now. And actually, to your point, Flacco is making six hundred fifty thousand dollars per game on incentives, like that he plays. So it oh, actually would have been more yeah, beneficial for him to play Mike yeah. White. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm never, I've never been the whole two QBs on my roster anyway. Um, so well, that, that that's actually a fair point too. But if I'm having two quarterbacks, I feel fine about having them on the roster. Yeah. So like, I'm not going to drop somebody for him, but I mean. I'm not normally two QBs on my roster either, but when we're getting to playoff time, I want to have more backup options yeah. than just wing it each week. I don't want to, I don't really want to stream in the playoffs. Do you think that they'll bring back Zach Wilson still? Do you think this impacts that at all? Or do you think he's on a timeline and he just comes back? Cause that's the other thing I think about too. Like if they said that they want him to play again this year, but this, his best scenario is if Mike White comes out and gets destroyed in one of these games and they bring him in in the second half and somehow Wilson plays well. That's the best move for him. I think, yeah, I think the the worst part about all this from Zach Wilson's standpoint is the team has played well. Yeah. Like they're in the playoff mix. So like how, how do you make that quarterback switch back? I understand they were what, five and two with him as the starter or something like that. Yeah. yeah he certainly wasn't the reason why. Like as long as this team keeps winning and, he, he, you know, Mike White is playing well. I don't know how he does get back into a game this year unless the Jets just like totally collapse and they're like, well, we might as well go back to the guy that we've actually invested in right. pretty highly. His best shot is next week but, against Buffalo, in my opinion. They just get smoked in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Buffalo's defense has been shaky, though. So it's like, I don't know. We'll see. I think he has a decent week, but I don't think he's a long term. Like, I think it's a flash in the pit. I'd love to be proven wrong. We haven't had like a good QB story like this in a while. Like, it was really fun last year, like, watching him ball out like that. Yeah, let's not pretend there's one going on in Washington right now because he stinks. <laughs> I just uh, want to pair Jordans every week. That's all I care about. Jeez. All right. So 
we're going to swipe. Uh, looks like we had two for one on Mike White. We're going to move on to our next profile here. Um, this is Damian Pierce, heartthrob of one, Drusif Hannes. Um, he's been struggling as of late. He's had 16 yards in his last 15 carries over the past two weeks. His playing time's gone down a little bit. Um, so he's not really a pass catching back, but um, Houston's obviously been losing a lot of games. They got blown out, as I mentioned earlier, by the Dolphins pretty quickly. Um, but uh, Dare Ogun, uh, Ogunbowale took a lot of snaps in the fourth quarter when they were trying to come back. Um, so I don't know if that's just like a preservation of Pierce for the future, which is good. Um, but as a redraft next year kind of thing, um, what does that mean? Um, they have a great matchup this week. Um, so uh, got the Browns and Deshaun Watson coming to Houston. Um, but I think that's very dependent on like how they're doing on the scoreboard. Houston looks like a mess of a team. Um, do you think the Pierce bubble for this season has popped? Um, how you feeling about the guy? I'll let Drew go because I'm looking something up. Yeah, I was looking a little bit too here. Um, his playing time went down the last two weeks. Washington has a good defense in week 11, and then they were just getting smoked by Miami. I, I really think that he's very much game script dependent and that if they get if the game gets out of hand, then he's just not going to get the ball, and we know that. Um, I like him this week against Cleveland. I think that the Texans are going to play up in this scenario, obviously with Watson coming back, and the crowd's going to be on him. So I like him. I, I had him as my one of my DFS running backs, a little spoiler. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to go. We'll get to that later on. But I like him this week. They play Dallas next week. Obviously, that's that's not somewhere I'd feel comfortable starting Damian Pierce because that game can get out of hand really early, and they have a good defense. Kansas City the following week, another it, – it's just the matchups are not in his favor based on game script dependency. So I don't want to assume, but I'm hearing – it's an accident. Okay. Um, I'm I'm upset because uh, what I was looking up wasn't the case. I was hoping that Dare Ogumbawale's time with the Buccaneers crossed Lovey Smith's time with the Buccaneers, and that's why mm. he was brought over. Yeah. But it wasn't. He was at Illinois. Uh, Lovey Smith was when Ogumbawale was with the Buccaneers. So that's a that's a no go there. I was kind of hoping there were some ties. And he would take away playing time, but it's like he's known as a pass catcher. And like, is Rex Burkhead healthy right now too? He got a concussion like, last week, so he's got to be healthy uh, enough. But um, okay, I'm just thinking like, how many running backs do they like? Why do they keep finding that mold? Like Pierce is still like the only traditional running back that they have. I feel like in that room. Yeah, it's weird too because like you look at like games like they've obviously had a tough run. So like they played like Tennessee, Philadelphia, the Giants, Washington, Miami. But he's okay when, in those games, though. Right, but I mean, he was still getting against Philly. Like he had twenty-seven carries. Like last week, he had five carries. He had surprisingly six targets, even though he's not known to be like the third-down back. Um, but five carries, you're not going to really do a whole lot with that. Um, so that's pretty tough. Um, so they were down twenty-one nothing in the first quarter. So that's right. So it's like, is that yeah. defense able to hold up long enough for him to get the carries? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't dislike the player. It's just the situation is so bad where it's going to be hard for him to be yeah. productive on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Unless he's t- like 27 carries to get 139 yards. Right, yeah. That was and an that- outlier kind of too because he's mostly been in the 15 to 20 range most of the year besides another one in Jacksonville where he had 26 carries. Yeah, I think this week against Cleveland's really the last time that I might feel comfortable this season playing him until championship week. Right, um, I would play in Week 17 against Jacksonville as well. Yeah, um, 
But and the other thing that, is just four total touchdowns. They're not in the red zone enough. Yeah. That's a, it's just, I like him. I still like him long term. Yeah, I think going into next year, they they obviously have some pieces that they need to figure out. Quarterback, probably a good place to start. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, he's someone I feel like that's going to slip in the draft boards next year because of, like, how things have gone. Um, but if they – if Lovey sticks around and they're going to use him the way that they did when they weren't getting blown out terribly, then he could be in for a really nice bounce-back season or whatever you want to call it. I don't feel like he's playing See, that's- bad. That's the thing I'm curious about is because if I'm in the position to draft a, a franchise quarterback, I'm not sticking with Lovey Smith as my head coach. Like I'm getting one of these offensive minded coaches to work with him. Mm. It's kind of unfair to Lovey, but like that's just the direction that I would be taking nowadays. His, uh, when when you're drafting a quarterback that early, I don't his, know though because this is his first year, isn't it? Yep. First, yeah. Yeah, because they they only gave David Colley a year when they brought yeah. him over from the Ravens. I don't think that he's there next year either. Um, I still think that Pierce's talent is evident. I'm more concerned if they bring in a pass catching back that they end up having a committee there. There's all, so many available running backs this year. I could see them just bringing someone in and they'll just have a two-headed monster, which is concerning. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, looks like we're out on Pierce. Um, RIP to you, little buddy. Better luck next year. All right, so third and final profile, um, we've got – Lamar, the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, and I hope the Ravens pay him a lot of money. Jackson, um, Lamar top 20 fantasy points for only the second time since week four. Um, he had 23 fantasy points last week. Um, he's got the Broncos defense this week, um, and they're allowing the fewest points to fantasy quarterbacks on the season. Outside of weeks two and three, where he posted back-to-one, back-to-back quarterback one performances, he has finished no better than QB8 in a game this season. Um, So has Lamar lost his luster for you? Um, Swipe right if you still believe in his ability to get the job done as your QB1. Did you like that double rhyme there? That was fire. That was fire. I didn't even plan that. Can he still get it done as QB1? Yeah. (sighs) This is so tough. So I have Lamar ranked at seven this week. Um and I'm, I'm sitting here like thinking there's no way he's even going to finish that high going against Denver's defense as good as they've been. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, well, I do know what it is. I, it's the rest of the offense. It's not my lack of faith in Lamar. It's my lack of faith in Greg Roman. It's my lack of faith in the weapons they've surrounded Lamar with. Um, I think that you will see a slight upgrade, you know, when they add, add JK Dobbins back. Um, but not enough to really open things up for that offense because that's not a thing for that offense. I just, I mean, outside of Mark Andrews, I just, I don't trust anybody in that offense right now. And that includes Lamar Jackson. I don't think Mark Andrews looks himself either. I think the health is really getting to him. There was a couple balls last week when I was watching that game that they were just terrible drops. Like there was one in the end zone where he looked like a ball ball. He just, that was the the pass that people said that George Pickens dropped last week. That was ridiculous. Oh, okay. Good thing I was on Twitter this week. That would, like, he was literally, playing volleyball with that ball. I don't know what he was thinking. He just doesn't look the same. And I've actually been out on Lamar for the past four weeks because I've been starting Justin Fields the last three weeks besides his injured week. So if I'm not starting him on rosters that I have him, I'm not obviously in him going forward. And they're not converting in the red zone. That's the other thing for me. And when they do, it's they've been handing the ball off to Gus Edwards and he's just getting the score. So if he's not, if he's not getting the ball in the end zone with his arm or his leg, it's hard to – it's hard to start the guy. He has four touchdowns in the last 
five five games that he's played. Yeah, Andrews hasn't scored a touchdown since October 16th. Yeah. All right. So as I had previously mentioned, uh, Lamar Jackson is the greatest football player in the history of the league. $50 million a year easily. And I think this last couple of weeks, he's going to prove it. I think he is going to have a tough go of it against Denver. People are going to be all like sad about it and be like, oh, man, Zach and Drew were right, as always. Um, but he finishes the season. Um, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh. Um, I think those are some really good matchups that he can exploit. I mean, we know historically that Pittsburgh usually does pretty well against Lamar, so you could take that with a grain of salt, but I don't think that the defense is getting the level of pressure that we're accustomed to seeing from the Steelers. Um, I think that he still maintains that QB1 status, and something that gave me a lot of optimism um, from the game last week um, and really just throughout the season is that Lamar is getting the rush attempts. Like he's averaging close to 10 attempts per game, if not a little bit more. Um, the TDs obviously haven't been there. The injuries to the wide receivers, obviously a problem. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you have that good floor from the rushing attack. Um, even when like he's been a low end QB one, but at the same time, like he only has really like one or two like dud weeks. Um, so like that consistency is something that I want. Um, and I don't think that, like, I'm going to go, like, we were talking about Mike White earlier. Like, I'm not going to go on bench, like, Lamar for, like, Mike White yeah. or something crazy no. like that. If I have somebody that has a really good matchup uh, this week, um, then maybe I would consider it, um, especially against Denver. But um, I, I think he knows that he's going to have to get the job done. I think Greg Roman is kind of on the hot seat. Also, something interesting, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but apparently Greg Roman may take the opening at Stanford. Yep. Um, so if he takes that, then that could be a big, a big change to the offense as well. Um, so that could kind of open things up for Lamar too. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, he's, I think it's just the talent though. I think the Steelers can take the Ravens pass catchers right now. Yeah. I mean, he's only thrown for 250 or more yards twice this season, last week against Jacksonville and then week two versus Miami. So they yeah. just have nobody to really throw it to, especially with Mark Andrews being banged up. Um, so I think for them to be successful, <clears throat> which they need to, cause they're still, are they still top of the division, right? Yeah. Yeah. Game up with the Bengals now. So it's like, I feel like you have to let him run if you're going to get it, get that to happen. Cause it's not going to happen through the air. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think that the Steelers are going to do well enough against them. And they have historically, I mean, yeah. he's struggled maybe the most against the Steelers than more than any other team. And he has to play them twice, um, in the next five weeks. So we'll see what happens, but I'm always going to bet on talent. Um, and the guy has it. So pay you the mentioned, man. uh, the two weeks that he's thrown for over two fifty. they were both also Ravens losses. So, yes. Good points. Clearly not their recipe to success. Sad. Unless. All right. Um, so next segment of the day um, is only fantasy. So every week we are picking one player that we are feeling really, really good about. Um, we are going to subscribe to their fantasy performance. Uh, so to kick off this segment, um, what we'll do is that we will have one player, um, one player only. Um, and we'll go around the horn, say who we had picked from the last week, evaluate how their performance was, and then we'll unleash who we're feeling for this week. Um, so as tradition always goes, Drew will give us the start. Mr. Drew, the floor is yours. I'm happy to talk about mine. Mine has an asterisk involved. So, Like this week or last week? Last week, yeah. Uh, I trail on Burks. Oh, Anyone? God. Yep. I got a little help. uh 
He went four a for little? six for 70. And then Derrick Henry uh, gave him a touchdown for me. So, hey. It's got to be one of the weirder first career touchdowns ever, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, it hit. It just didn't hit the way you'd expect it to hit. Hit so. different. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm a little more confident that this one's going to look better for next week. But I have uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, he's going up against Detroit. They've given up the 36.5 points against quarterbacks the last three weeks. And most importantly, it's on the ground. And I, Trevor Lawrence has good legs. He has good mobility. Josh Allen went 10 for 78 in a touchdown on the ground against him. Daniel Jones went seven for 50 in a touchdown. Justin Fields, 13 for 147 and two touchdowns against him the last three weeks. So, I like Trevor Lawrence this week, and he's coming off a big win against Baltimore, and I think he's going to carry that on. And I think that this could spark something big for him the next few weeks. I don't know what their next few matchups are outside of Detroit, but that was a big win last week. He really showed up in the fourth quarter, and he's definitely carrying it this week to me, and we'll see how it goes moving forward after that. Trevor Lawrence is very hot right now. So his ranks for the month of November, completion percentage 76.9, ranked first. Passer rating 116.1. Rank second, pass the TDs six to nothing. Rank second, so it's finally starting to look like maybe he's the guy that they thought they were getting when they drafted. Um, so we'll see. He struggled his rookie year, but it's weird. Rookies kind of do that sometimes, especially at the most complicated it's, position in the sport. Especially when you're being coached by Urban Meyer. Yeah, this is his rookie year. Last year didn't count. I I love Trevor Lawrence. Like what I've and he's. It's funny because I go back to something that Tony Romo said about Chase Claypool being non-quarterback friendly. I think Trevor Lawrence is one of the most offensive line friendly quarterbacks that there are in the NFL. The way he can manipulate a pocket and just feels pressure. He avoids sacks that the offensive line should 100% be giving up. Yeah. And he's one of the best at doing it already in the league, and he's only in year two. But I look at his – by the way, I said he would be a top 10 quarterback this year. Guess what hey. he's ranked at right now? Yeah, 10, 10 now. He's exactly number yeah. 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think he's actually going to go up from there when I look at a couple of the names right in front of him like I I think he surpasses Kyler Murray who's in front of him by one spot right now so um, but I like the pick obviously for Trevor Lawrence I actually was going to pick him until he got in before me Um, he also deserved an Emmy for his performance as uh, as Charlotte in his arc I thought he really killed that I will say he might also, while being one of the most offensive line friendly quarterbacks, he's probably one of the least intimidating people currently playing in the NFL. He's not spicy enough for you for your subway commercials. Have you heard him t- like try to give a speech? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, so mine last week did not hit, which I feel like taking a guy on Monday Night Football that was a bad choice by me overall. When you hear me talk about like. Either yeah. the early games on Thursday night or the late games on Monday night. I typically avoid those. Not sure what I was thinking here. I went against my heart thinking, oh, the Steelers are going to have a ton of trouble with this great athlete, Paris Campbell. They're going to get him the ball in creative ways. Uh, they did not. He had three targets in this football game, caught two passes for 14 yards, was basically non existent. Um, had I gone with my other guy in Alec Pierce, also for the Colts, that would have been even worse. Goose egg. Um, I feel good about this one, though. I mentioned I gave you guys a little bit of a teaser earlier when we were talking about Mike White. So I look at Garrett Wilson and I look at what he did in the games that weren't started by Zach Wilson. In those games, he had uh, four receptions for 52 yards in his first career game, but eight targets. Uh, 
eight receptions for 102 yards, two touchdowns on 14 targets. Uh, six receptions, 60 yards on 10 targets. And then last week, five receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns on eight targets. I love Garrett Wilson. I think he is going to be fantastic away from Zach Wilson. And I think that he is a big reason why Mike White is going to be playable. So love Garrett Wilson going forward, but really love him this week. Good deal. Yeah, it is like amazing to me, like how transformed that offense has been. As soon as they take Wilson out of the picture, Zach, Zach Wilson, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. Flacco came off the bench, like immediate spark. And then you have Mike White come out of like, no, God knows where he was, press box in it. He comes out and like tears it up. It's like, could you imagine like if they still had Brees Hall healthy? Like, it's like they really feel like a quarterback away. Like they crushed the draft this year or I guess last year. Um, and they've got a lot of young people that are playing for cheap. Like, if they can get the quarterback situation figured out, like the Jets, I mean, they've always struggled with figuring out the quarterback thing. But if they could finally figure that out, mm-hmm. they'd be in really good shape. I think, uh, hot take, I think Jimmy G ends up there. I, I was literally about to say that. Yeah. Well, that. yeah, you know, obviously, like, I was about to say, you know their OC is on the floor, but obviously, like, the San Francisco ties. Sala, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's not a hot. I guess it's not a hot take if everybody. How does he think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hadn't thought about it, but like now that you throw it out there, it would make sense. So hot, so marketable, It'd be perfect. It's yeah, it's hot. It's definitely happening. I'm kind of surprised. I guess with where they were picking in the need, but like kind of looking back on it, it's kind of weird that Robert Sala's first draft pick was Zach Wilson. It's crazy how these teams continue to take like these random white quarterbacks like out of nowhere and then just skip over like all of the like the black quarterbacks that have done like all of this great stuff and they're like, eh, like this guy had one great year at BYU. Let's draft him number two and trade up for it. Like, I mean, they they fall in love with Josh Allen broke the system, I think, because they fall in love with that live arm where you roll regardless out regardless of what the college production is. Yeah. yeah, if you pull so out deep in your pro day, you get picked. I think it was a Joe Douglas pick, though. I don't think it was a Robert Sala pick. Like, I, there was just no circumstance that like I could have taken Wilson over Fields. And he went. He was like the Mac Jones went right before him too, didn't he? Or was it the other no. way? Other way Fields was way. eleven. Fields was eleven. Uh, Jones was fifteen. Yeah, but he still went way but too. But Trey Lance, Trey Lance went before Fields as well, which I also wouldn't have done. But yeah, whatever. All right, um, so that leaves it to me. Um, last week, I had selected uh, Rashad White. Um, he went 14 attempts for 64 yards. Couldn't find the end zone, but he saved his PPR day with nine receptions for 45 yards. Finished his Q, uh, running back nine. Take that as a little hit. Um, so for this week, um, I know that this has been thrown around um, at the beginning of the show and at various points throughout the season. Um, but uh, my guy for this week, the belly button king himself, George Kittle. Um, he's been a little bit hit or miss the last couple of weeks. Um, he was quiet last week against New Orleans, went three for 26. Miami's been averaging 19 points per game allowed in the last three weeks. And I think that um, obviously losing some weapons on the offensive side with Elijah Mitchell being out um, and, than uh, Miami being a little bit more stingent against receivers. I think that makes for a tougher matchup for Ayuk and um, for Debo Samuel. We know that Miami can score, so they're going to have to put some points up and throw through the air this week. Um, So I think it's going to be a big day for Kittle, and uh, my belly button will be saved. So I'm excited about it. 
What if Kittle has a, a big day, but Frymuth has a massive day? Then you know what? Did I get a steal? How far? Belt? How far away are they right now? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, I, fell off a bit. I think he's safe. Uh, yeah, but neither one of them had a good game last week. That's yeah. Pat fell off a bit. Let me see here. So, yeah, full season PPR tight ends. Um, we're at. 0.9 right now. So Kittle's averaging 11.4. Pat's at 10.5. So, uh, do you know who currently is tight end four? And all like season based on points per game or like total? Just total. Uh, I feel like it's... no. I mean, I could see it, so I'm not going to say it, but I wouldn't have guessed it. Zach Ertz. Well, so maybe this league's different, so I shouldn't say for sure. So I, I see Taysom Hill as tight end four. Um, I have tight end eight for him. I have him on Fantasy Pros as 12. Is that full point PPR? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he has 93 fantasy points, which is only behind Kelsey, Andrews, and Hawkinson in this league. Taysom Hill is six and a half. Full PPR. Um, they have. What is different about this league? Hmm. Kelsey is at two thirty eight. Mark Andrews at one forty four. Hawkinson one thirty six. Ertz one fifteen. See, those are all higher than. Is it? Got six, it. Is it six points for a passing touchdown? Because he's thrown some. Is that a four? Unless this isn't counting his quarterback stuff. I'm saying everybody's lower on the one I'm looking at. No, I'm just saying that. Like, but uh, I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not but sure. He's but he's way anyway. higher than he should be for somebody that has eight, <laughs> eight receptions yeah. on the year. Yeah. Yep. Good it, and it's also funny because Jawan Johnson, the other tight end, is like also doing well he's compared got to the other tight end. 31 receptions at least. He's been just getting a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, five. Yeah. A lot. Which is second among tight ends. Um, By, I mean, yeah, he's tied a for second. Bit. <laughs> yeah, he's but. tied for second. Yeah, Kelsey, like, arguably could have been number one pick this year, like in terms of like positional value. Yeah, I feel like we've been talk. We should have been talking about this for years because he's that valuable. Yeah, it's usually at least like a couple of guys at least try to. But like, Andrews, Andrews, kind of like last year, Andrews had more points, right? So it was right. kind of like Kelsey scored a touchdown in every game last year. Is that true? He's ridiculous. Completely ridiculous like that. Yeah, I'm almost certain. He's been a top four tight end every week except for week two, and he was tight end 13. It's just madness. Dude's like I, – I, I don't know. Do you guys think he's the best tight end of all time? I personally yeah. don't. But I say yes. You st- still think below Gronk? People have been arguing. Gronk, I would put – I'd put him at three behind Gronk and Gonzalez. I could actually get more behind Gonzalez than Gronk. Although I understand Gronk because of the playoff success too. And right. it's the sheer number of touchdowns that that dude scored. Like when he was healthy, he was playing, and like he was putting the ball in the end zone. Like it was. How insane. far off are they from him? Off of who? I think Kelsey's already passed Gronk. Also, Kelsey already has his career high in touchdowns this year with twelve. He only had nine last year. So that. Yeah. Oh, I thought he had more than that. I thought he scored in every game. I swear. 
No. Unbelievable. It was probably he either scored or had like 75 yards or something. It's like, like the McCaffrey yeah. stat that uh, what's-his-face posts every week that it's like, oh, like he's had 100 yards or a touchdown like in every game kind of thing for like 30 yeah. games, something ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Um, are we going to go to the chart then? Uh, yeah, I have a – I have a few guys that I'm sure we should throw in the lineup that we can kind of fill in gaps. And it, it's, it's not the okay. worst. Anymore. We can talk about roster construction and stuff as we go. Why I would like and why I wouldn't. I can share this, Zach, since I screwed up one and I haven't changed it on Twitter yet. So, yeah, I only have the one that was put on Twitter, and I've been told that's not correct. So Okay. So let me quickly – you want to – since you have a spreadsheet there, do you want to put the positions so we can fill guys in? I can talk about – I can give you the cost then as we go. Maybe uh, sure. So we can subtract as we go total balance. Whatever. All right. You, this is why we plan things before the show. What do you want? <laughs> no, I didn't know that the chart was wrong until right before. All right. What are you saying? Make a function that'll subtract your total salary cap at fifty thousand. Okay. And then there's a quarterback, two running backs. Oh shit. Okay, so uh, great. Now I got to list the podcast as explicit. Good. <laughs> uh, I'm sure this is fantastic okay. content for the people that don't watch but listen to the show. Oh, yeah, they we'll love it right now. By, uh, so, what do we got here? You got QB. Yeah, QB, running back. Two running, running backs, backs yep. two three receivers, walkers. three, three receivers, tight end, flex. Yep. And defense. Okay. All right. So right off the bat, I have Lawrence, 5,900. I'm, I'm not doing this. There's no way. No. Well, we're not going to be able to give anybody a good lineup unless I know the money right is right. So okay. well, that's, that's unfortunate. All right. Well, I have Lawrence. Quarterback fifty nine hundred must start for me. Okay, um, I agreed with you with George Kittle. I already had him in there, slam dunk. Which is my, uh, which is how much? Five thousand. So I paid up. I've been talking the last few weeks about I'm paying up at tight end, but I don't have to pay up at seven thousand for Andrews or Kelsey. Okay, and then uh, wide receiver AJ Brown, revenge game against a good matchup. Are revenge games real? Yes. <laughs> who who uh there was somebody else that I saw had a revenge game this week. Dang it. Yeah, he's probably in my lineup. Uh, I, I made this revenge week. <laughs> week. I got Texans defense revenge. Oh, it's it's because uh yeah, you said about you said about Lawrence, so Marvin Jones Jr. plays the Lions. Uh, so that's interesting, actually, because he's cheaper. I had Christian Kirk in there. And the reason yeah. I put Christian Kirk in is because I felt like he was the odd man out last week, and I feel like he's going to have a bounce-back game. It was a lot of Zay Jones and Marvin Jones Jr. last week. I think that Christian Kirk's going to bounce back. Okay. And that's funny. You have a good matchup there for him. Well, this is because I, so I have to switch this over. He has a good matchup. It's not the best matchup, but uh, Jacoby Myers actually has the best matchup on paper this week. Kirk is fourth. Oh, it's not Ramondre Stevenson at 50.3? No. Um, the other revenge game that I had in here too, I made this revenge week was Jeff Wilson. It's yeah. a really bad matchup, but <laughs> I think that that could just be sneaky high scoring. 
Isn't he hurt? Um, that'd be news to me. Thought he got banged up last week, but I thought that they were just blowing them out because they they he's not listed with any type of injury. Uh, okay, yeah, they just blew them out and then they sat Tua and then the Texas started to come back. And oh, he did. He left the game and came back in the fourth quarter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he it looks like he's fine though. Um, so he was my other revenge guy. Um, I like Damian Pierce this week. I had him as my RB two. Yeah, his matchup's pretty solid. If we yeah. flip this real quick, yeah, top three matchup. Um, surprisingly, the the Rams have the best matchup on paper against Seattle. I just don't know if I have confidence in them moving the football enough for Acres or um, uh, Kyron Williams. I, yeah, I, Kyron I, Williams to be usable. I mean, I wouldn't hate it if Kyron Williams was in a DFS lineup because that's the kind of play that you, if he does hit, that's the kind of play that will help you win. Yeah. It's really? tough because Perkins is also a runner. So it's like that, like, throw, like if they do get down the field, like I can see a scenario where Perkins just sneaks it in. But Kyron right. Williams, his utilization has gone up every week. I think they feel comfortable with him being like the guy for them. Um, athletic metrics aside. So we'll see what happens. Let's see what his cost yeah. is here quick. Fifty two hundred's not bad. Right. He's down there with Kenneth Gainwell. Kenny G. Ty Ty Johnson. Um, I feel like Ty Johnson could be super sneaky too, depending on what the injury news comes out for like Michael Carter. There's that other guy though that everybody's been like going nuts about. The uh, uh the, the Knight Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the uh, night. Knight, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like Ty Johnson ends up getting the pass catching role. Could end up having a big day. I almost ranked him. Zonovan Knight is down at forty six hundred though, so he's another guy that might be, yeah, interesting at his cost. And then um, I had Benny Snell, Henny Snell in the lineup just in case. This was last night, and obviously we got better news about Najee today, so I, that could change top ten matchup. Yeah, if if Jalen Warren somehow misses, because obviously we think he's going to play now, I would consider him, but. Um, I would definitely play either Snell or Warren, though, if Najee's out. Whichever one. Which one would you play? If Warren's going to play, I would play Warren. It's okay. going to be Warren for sure. Yeah. I don't see a scenario where they're going to all of a sudden stop using Warren for Snell. Right. Although no, they're, both, they're both priced very well, so I would play Warren at 4900 Mm-hmm. I guess my only like line of thinking to play like devil's advocate is the Steelers have now seen Benny Snell this year, take on a lead back role and they haven't seen that from Jalen Warren. I mean, I yeah, was thinking- like, is it better to, to play Warren in his role and replace the Harris spot? Or do you bump everybody up kind of thing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm I, like, we haven't seen Jalen Warren have to take on that workload that we saw Benny right. Snell take on. Now we've seen it happen with Benny Snell and saw him be successful. Do the Steelers just keep riding that? Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would rather see Jalen Warren as the feature back. I need, case, I need but... Snell to be focusing on special teams, and I need Miles Boykin to come Anthony, back. Anthony McFarland had some moments in that game, yeah. too. I mean, they just... This could be a three-headed committee, to be honest with you. They might just play Warren, McFarland, and Snell, but... 
I mean, they might, but that's never been Tomlin's thing. I'm not going to speak it into existence now. Yeah. It seemed that way last week, though. But that was because Najee got hurt. But Najee's out of the equation this week, too. It's not any different. I just feel – but I I lean towards Joe, too, because that's, like, in-game. Like, now you'd have yeah, the time fair. to prepare somebody to be the lead back. Like, I don't But know. Warren's also dinged up, too. So, do you – it's if they consider – yeah, Snell being the full guy or not? If, to if answer it, my own question, it's I would be playing Jalen Warren. <laughs> I would play Warren too at their yeah. cost. I think it's worth the risk. Um, we need to talk about some wide receivers though. So I'm trying to look. I mean, I do like AJ Brown. Don't you always want to have like a stack? Yeah, that's why I had Christian Kirk with Lawrence. Okay, all right. Yeah, so it's the third wide receiver here and. He's number four on the list. Gary Wilson's third best matchup. It's their cost, though, so it's yeah, money. That's the problem. But I got to imagine that AJ Brown's gonna be a lot more expensive. Yeah, AJ Brown was at seventy eight hundred. I was able to make this work because I had the Texans defense at twenty three hundred. Like they were an absolute flop. Mm -hmm. They were this. They were the third cheapest defense. They were. 29th overall so i mean like, they're what one nine and one they're terrible but i just for some <laughs> reason they're at home against watson i just feel like they're gonna play up this week i hope so i would love to see them win so um so you need a cheap receipt do you know what's uh... i had christian watson at 5200 so we would need to be around 50 what's jacoby myers Oh, good call. Um, I would actually need to be at five thousand because if we play Warren, he's two hundred more expensive than Snell. Oh, Jacoby Myers isn't in the main slate. Do they play Thursday night? They yeah, play they play Thursday. Night. So he's not eligible. Which we didn't mention this, but um I know we talked about Ramondre a little bit, but Damian Harris has already been rolled out on yeah, Thursday. So yep. that should be a big uptick for uh Stevenson. We've seen what he's done when he's been the bell cow. Pretty excited okay. about it. With the way that the Steelers were moving the ball, I know a lot of it was on the ground, but Kenny had his moments through the air too, and I think Dallas has a little bit of a – oh, wait, there's Sunday night. Dang it. I was going to say like Michael Gallup. Yeah, they're out of the slate too. Son uh, of a... Um, What about um, Brandon Cooks? He's going to be too expensive. Oh, pff, wait, Actually, hold on. He's, Same he's team there. though. Same team though. Nico Collins. Brandon Cooks was actually right on the money at 5,000. They have a top 10 matchup. Has he been Um, the better player than Nico Collins recently? That I don't know. I don't think he's really done anything since he got benched for pouting. Because Nico Collins has at least five receptions three straight weeks. To me, then it would be Nico Collins then out of the two. Are we down on Atlanta's offense against the Steelers yet? I'm down on Atlanta's offense every week, but... Drake London's like very cheap now. I uh, think that Cordero Patterson's going to return one to the house this week. That's fair. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Miles Boykin's going to be back. He's the reason that was happening against the Colts. I hope so. <laughs> no, that's crazy. If he if he was the only reason that that happened, give him a lifetime contract. I don't care if it's the only thing he does. I'm here for it. All right, any other matchups that are enticing to you, Drew? If it was me building a DFS lineup this week, I would be taking everybody in the Detroit and Jacksonville game, and those would be the only two teams that I would be picking. 
What about I'll, um, I'll have a lineup like that for sure. But um, the cost is kind of difficult to do that. You think? Yeah, because let me go back. I mean, you're going to throw in Josh Reynolds. Let's do this here. Just have a calculator. Subtract 5,900 for Lawrence. I imagine we'd go with Jamal Williams, right? I don't know. Jamal Williams is at 6,000. Like, these guys are more expensive than you think. He costs more than both of the running backs I already had. Because he's a guaranteed touchdown. At least. I mean, you don't have to exclusively use that, but I would have, like, I think that's going to be the highest scoring game of the week. All right. So we need a wide receiver. Josh Reynolds. Your boy. The sun god. Is he more expensive than A.J. Brown? Assuming is like one of the most expensive players in DFS. Assuming that like um, he's seventy one hundred. That was cheaper than AJ Brown. And you already have you already have Kirk, right? So you probably don't want a second Jacksonville receiver. I mean, they both could hit. They had two hit last week. I know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I one hundred percent against it. I just don't know if that's something you've ever done. I've done it on rare occasions, but it has to be like a, it has to be a situation where you just absolutely know it's going to hit. Like imagine if you had the players from the chiefs Rams game that one night Mm -hmm. when they both put up 50 and did a showdown or something. Yeah. Any other matchups that you feel like are exploitable? Well, what, what on the chart is right? You said the running backs and all of this is done. Flip. This is fixed. This is, oh, this hard. is fixed. Okay, that's that's a completely different story now. Cut it. Let me look. Um, I mean, I like the Chiefs, uh, Bengals game. There, we saw what happened last year between those two. Jamar Chase is probably going to be underpriced a little bit because he's missed a few games and he is coming back. So that's someone worth looking at. Pierce is good like we had. A dark horse there too might be starting one of the Detroit tight ends. Whichever one you, whoever's been on the field the most. It's been um yeah. And none of them would cost anything. They'd probably be completely the like in the cheapest area. Mitchell or Brock, right? Probably. But it gives yeah. you a lot of flexibility if you start one of them and they score. Lawrence is definitely on there, like we said. David Montgomery, especially if Fields doesn't play. I thought we were just looking for a third receiver. I at we've, this point I'm just throwing out. We're just me. we're just yeah, we're I think we're good. Yeah, this isn't very riveting stuff at this point. <laughs> I mean it's difficult when you didn't have the chart. Okay. <clears throat> you can do your own chart next week and I will send it to you. We'll I'm see how it goes. A, I'm just gonna make a burner account and I'll find your chart. You could. You can find it on Reddit too. All Updated right. Updated there. Well, 
that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, as always, in the description of this show, uh, along with the links to where we are on every single platform, you'll see the links to two separate GoFundMes. One of those is our Rocking Around the 412 mission. By the time you guys are watching or listening to this back, uh, it will be December 1st, most likely. So we are in the month of Christmas and the month of giving back. And uh, Rock Around the 412 is in its fifth year. We've raised over $23,000, actually pushing towards $24,000 now um, with some recent donations. Every single penny donated goes to the cause that we created, which is going directly to families in the 724 and 412 areas. Uh, Tyler and I, uh, my co-host on Around the 412, we're both very fortunate growing up. We never had to worry where Christmas was coming from, and that's the the mission of this is to make sure that the kids have the best Christmases possible that are in some less fortunate situations. Um, so you can get involved, share it, donate if you can. The whole mission can be found on GoFundMe. Search and rock around the 412. Uh, if you are on Twitter, it is our pinned tweet as well, um, but the link to it is in this description anyway. You also see a second one, and one of the rocking around the 412 kids, her name is Isla Keen. Uh, she tragically lost her father uh, in October, and uh, the mission was created to help with the financial burden that obviously comes along with that. Um, so she is going to have a Christmas taken care of by us, but there's obviously going to be a lot of things down the line, um, financially that you guys can help chip in on. Uh, I think there's about $34,000 raised on that last time that I checked and it's going to be open, uh, for a long time. So thank you guys for getting involved with both of those. As always, uh, they will stay up. Um, so feel free to donate, share them, please get as many eyes and ears on these things as possible. We appreciate it. Uh, for Smitty, for Drew, for Joe, this has been the Around the 412 Fantasy Football Show. Good luck this week as we push towards the playoffs. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, me.